This is Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network, presented by Prize Picks. Have you signed up to play in the Mayo Media Network season-long props contest on Prize Picks? If not, shame on you, but there is time to rectify that right now. One, if you already have a Prize Picks account and you just play a $7.11 entry for football, five picks over unders each week. You're in the contest. The 7-Eleven, the $7.11 entry will register for the Mayo Media Network Props Contest. If you have not signed up yet, easy stuff. Go to prizepicks.com, use code MMN, or just use that link that's down in the description. You'll get a deposit match for up to 100 bucks. So over 18 weeks to be a part of the contest. It's going to cost you $7.11 per week. That's around $130 for the year. So even if you want to put in $65, get a 65 match, boom, you're covered if you want to play in the contest. $3,000 for first prize, $1,500 for second, $1,000 for third. Weekly giveaways, if you get 5 of 5, you'll win your 10x entry, so you win 10 times your money, plus a $50 bonus. Hey, and even if you come in last, there is money for that, as long as you're playing every single week. So what I'm going to be doing today is going through the Thursday night football prize picks that maybe we can try to win some cash on that and build our bankroll. And then momentarily, Griffin Swanson will be by to break down the DraftKings slate for Showdown for Thursday night football. There's going to be tons more on the feed coming out every single day as well, including a live chat if you got start sick questions on Sunday morning on Mayo Media Network. So please smash the like button to the video, subscribe to Mayo Media Network, and in the comment section, give me your single favorite prop for Thursday night football, whether it be a fantasy score, receiving prop, a rushing prop, a passing prop, no matter what it is. Maybe it's first touchdown, Gronk, 16 to 1. Don't hate it. I'm not going to lie to you. So that could be a spot where you end up going as well as we try to parse through the opening game of the season. I'm, I'm hyped for the beginning of football. So let's just jump into the prize picks right now. And you can see Dak Prescott, rushing yards, or I'm on the rushing yards tab right now on prize picks. Oh, additionally, I do want to let you know before we break it all down, starting on Friday on prize picks, the over under on Patrick Mahomes for passing yards is going to be 0.5. So that's probably one you want to include in your Mayo Media Network contest. Uh, I think it's most definitely going to be on mine. I'll have a full breakdown of my picks on Friday evening along with the injury report and the updated rankings on the fantasy football picks and bets feed but that's just sort of a free money giveaway that they're doing so you just need to find one more to pair together you see you pair that one with another one and you get three times your money on that entry if you just get the one right because hopefully Patrick Mahomes can throw for over 0.5 passing yards this week against the Browns back to Thursday night so let's see what we're up to on this one. Ronald Jones. I mean, I'm going to use the tools from Run the Sims to really help me getting going. There's a player prop tool on here. We'll try to scan to see. There's some week, like Sunday week ones. We're just talking about Thursday night week one for prize picks right now. It really depends on how this game is going to go, at least in your mind. Is it going to be a situation where Dallas covers the eight? Do they lose by more than the eight? The game total is really high, so I'd expect a lot. 295.5 passing yards for Tom Brady. I want to see how that rates out in terms because i mean obviously it's just a pure over or under there's no real juiced line into it because it's not a betting prop it's just a fantasy prop that you need to pair together so was it 295.5 we'll see how often i'm not rushing yards we want passing yards tom brady probably not going to rush for 300 passing yards i i hate to say even in the opener let's see how that looks on runthesims.com so the under actually turns out to be a slight favorite in terms of the bet happens 54 percent of the time i think we can do better than that though right Let's check back here. 285.5 for Dak Prescott. I mean, that seems like it should be the number. 
Let's take a look at receiving yards in this game. Chris Godwin is still up there. He's injured for this contest. We don't know if he's going to play or not. Obviously, Thursday morning, we'll get a better sense of it. But 60 and a half, I mean, he should smash that even at like 80%, you'd have to think, because he typically does well when everyone is playing in this game. So 60.5 in terms of receiving yards for Chris Godwin. Let's see how often that comes through in this. The over, uh, I mean, it's 55% in this case versus 44, 44.7 to 55.3. So the over is looking good for Chris Godwin in this game. And I don't know who's stopping anyone on the Dallas defense. And even the Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, uh, we got some pretty juicy one here. I don't like the Gronk receiving yards total. Like if you're using him, the expectation would probably be that he ends up with a touchdown in this game. 58 and a half for Antonio Brown, CD Lamb. I mean, these seem so enticing. I actually think I like the over on Ezekiel Elliott, 20.5 rushing yards. I'm or receiving yards, sorry. I have a feeling that the tool is going to tell me that that is not a good line and that the under hits more. But I think with the way that this game goes, let's see. No, the over actually is a good bet in the circumstance. And when we think about how this game is going to go, if Dallas falls behind early against Tampa Bay, they probably have to abandon the running attack. And it's going up against the number one rush defense anyway. So maybe that's just a part of the plan. That if you think that Tony Pollard doesn't really eat into Zeke's workload, which I don't, that he's going to be used quite a bit in the receiving game. So that's the one that I like. Ezekiel Elliott over 20.5 receiving yards on prize picks. We'll make that the first part of ours. So, and now we need to find someone else from the Buccaneers to pair with us if we're only going to play the Thursday night slate. So we got receptions in here as well. Too bad I can't go Zeke Zeke because I would do that uh, almost 100% of the time. Just try to correlate those two together, but you can't do that on prize picks. So that's a little bit tougher. But we can find other guys from these games to go with. Over five for Amari Cooper, over five for Godwin, three, one and a half for O.J. Howard. None of these are really leaping out to me. Passing completions might be the move. So 25.5 for Dak Prescott. That actually seems kind of low. Let's let's put that in for him. 25.5 in terms of passing completions. This tool is up at runthesims.com, by the way, uh, if you just want to see the probabilities. It runs each game 5,000 times in instantaneously and then gives you the range of outcomes that you can see right now so the overall pass attempts is a i mean it's, it's an exact 50 50 the overjuice betting line pass attempts 20 or pass attempts sorry i want completions i was like yeah 100 well, of the time that happens does it it's not even factoring injuries pass completions well the under actually comes through by a, a 0.2 margin in terms of the actual odds i think i would lean towards that though because i just don't see the Cowboys really going full force. No receiving, receiving TDs from this game. Mike Evans over 0.5. I can kind of jibe with that a little bit. I don't know if I love it, though. I think the Dak over passing completions would be the way that I want to go in this game. Maybe I can try to find another one. I really hope Godwin's okay, because Godwin's really the one that leaps out to me uh, in this spot as someone who will go over the same. It might be like 81, it might be 74, but he tends to get over that 60 threshold when he, Brown, and Mike Evans all play. The other guys could be more touchdown dependent. Trying to find an easy one down here. Man, there's not really from this game. Like Even 46.5 for Gallup, it really feels like that's a huge under or a huge over, in, unless you're really feeling that one. If Gio is healthy, Ronald Jones 5.5 receiving yards. What do we have him at reception? So one would be a push. Does he get two? 
I mean, it's a three-headed backfield. Geo's healthy. He's the primary pass catcher. I think I'd go under on the one reception for Ronald Jones. That's tough because it's probably like leading yourself towards a push right now. Now you get the power play. If so, if you do the power play and you just do the two, it would be uh, three times your money. So you, you know, put in 60 on prize picks to win or put in 20 on prize picks to win 60 uh, on the flex play. Uh, you need to hit uh, you must hit two of the two entries. You get half your money back if only one of them hits. Now, the push is just a push. Maybe we won't go with Ronald Jones. That one just leads itself to too many pushes in that regard. Michael Gallup receptions four now they are going to be throwing a lot which would lead me to believe that if Gallup over four hits Dak over 25.5 completions probably hits however if we just take a look at Michael Gallup very quickly Eichel we want Michael Gallup and we go to receptions and the line is four on that one four is a good number I think yeah under four receptions it's 53 percent of the time it's not the biggest swing in our favor but we also get a push on four at the same time so let's go with that one Ezekiel Elliott over 20.5 receiving yards and then we're going to go with receptions yeah over 20.5 receiving yards and then under Michael Gallup four receptions you'd have to get five in order to beat us i mean how often does michael gallup do that so if we do the power play get both right 20 to win 60 100 to win 300 50 to win 150 it can all work out there's also the fantasy scores for this game as well i mean geez dak 25 points i feel like that's his median projection at this point do we have let's see fantasy points fantasy points ppr is what we're going with here 20 Point five four, Dak Prescott. See what we're doing here on this. I gotta feel like it's a strong over. That's not as strong as I actually. The under actually hits more often than not if we just look at where the median ends up coming in. So maybe that one's not as good as I thought it was going to be. Blake Jarwin, if he scores a touchdown, you're screwed. Or goes three for thirty, you're screwed. Gallup, you see, it's funny because Gallup at 11, I, it's funny because he could go under four and still crush this fantasy score, mainly because he's a guy who would go like three for 98 and a touchdown. That's sort of what you're leaning on in that regard. Can we keep Leo Fournette out of the end zone? How do we feel about Leonard Fournette? Uncle Leo, that could be low. Seven fantasy points. It seems super low, but we don't know what his workload is going to be. I think it's Ronald Jones, and if Gio is healthy, which by all you know all metrics is that he is going to be healthy and playing primarily on third downs that you're not going to see a bunch of Fournette oh, over actually smashes in this spot for Leonard Fournette oh man I should really trust the tools but you know that it's me I'm not going to trust the tools in this regard so I mean I'm going to go Zeke over 20.5 receiving yards and Michael Gallup under four receptions on prize picks this week that's going to be my play and that's the way that we're going to go with it as the first entry of the season remember to play in the props contest you just have to sign up for prize picks using code mmn or the link down in the description and that will do it for me for the moment coming up right now is griffin swanson with the thursday night showdown DraftKings picks yo what is good everyone it's great to be back on the mail media network my name is griffin swanson and i'm here to break down the thursday nfl showdown slate between the dallas cowboys and the tampa bay buccaneers that's right folks football is finally back i'm excited i'm sure you are as well but before we dive into things here first thing you gotta do make sure you hit that like and subscribe button on the mail media network page these guys are posting content all week long, multiple different sports. 
Pat and his team do a very good job of keeping the content rolling, including this football season. They're going to have content out Monday through Sunday, tackling all your needs, whether it be showdown tiers or just the DFS main site. So hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. For you podcast people, head on over to the Apple Pods as well. Check out the content there. Leave a five-star review while you're at it. And speaking of exciting, if you haven't signed up for Prize Picks yet, first and foremost, head on over to prizepicks.com and check it out. But Pat and his team at the Mayo Media Network are running a contest or a challenge this year on Prize Picks. And this is going to run weeks one through weeks 18. It's called the 7-Eleven Challenge. And I'm going to post the rules here right now so you can take a look at those yourself. But the contest is pretty straightforward. Now, first and foremost, if you have not signed up for prize picks yet and you want to do so, make sure you use code MMN upon sign up or click on the link in the description below. Prize picks is going to match your deposit up to $100. Actually, if you just want to put $65 in there as well, they'll match $65 for you, and you'll have everything that you need for the year for this 7-Eleven challenge. Now, this is going to cost you $7.11 each week, and what you're going to do is you're going to submit a five-pick over-under entry on the NFL slate. Now, this does exclude Monday night, as you can see there, but it does include the Thursday slate and all of the Sunday games. If you have a prize picks account already, you're good to go. You just need to play $7.11 on your entry each week, and the prize picks algorithm is going to pick that up. You might wonder, how are they going to know if I put into this contest? Is there a place that I go? No. You just have to put in $7.11 on this five pick over under entry, and prize picks algorithm will pick that up and enter you into the contest. Now, there are weekly bonuses here as well. As you can see, they're $50 if you get all five picks right. On top of you winning 10x on your money, that's the beautiful thing about prize picks as well. Pat and his team are just giving you a little extra incentive to play this prize picks challenge. You can see there as well, they're going to have some decent payouts come the end of the season. First place is going to walk away with $3,000. Second place, $1,500. Third place, $1,000. Fourth place, $500. And fifth is going to walk away with $250. Now, there's also a $100 bonus for the person who comes in exactly the middle of the standings and another $100 bonus for the person who comes in dead last. Now, in order to qualify for those, you will have to make an entry in weeks one, through weeks 18. You can't come in week one, go 0 for 5, and go, hey, look, I'm dead last. I'm going to win $100. That's that's not how it works. You do have to play all 18 weeks. And if you still come in dead fucking last, then yes, you're going to get a $100 bonus in your account. You can only get to make one entry per week, and the leaderboard will update on Monday night. So you'll be able to kind of keep track of that as the year goes along as well. And your five-pick entry, again, and needs to be put in for $7.11 each and every week. That's how they'll be tracking this. Again, the algorithm will pick that up and enter you into the contest. So that's a prize picks challenge. Let's dive into this spreadsheet here. So diving into it here, the first thing I like to do with these spreadsheets is just go over the Vegas odds for this game. You can see that here in the top left-hand corner. Cowboys are playing on the road here in Tampa, and the Bucks are heavy favorites here at minus 380. I think rightfully so. Defending Super Bowl champions, they basically are bringing back their entire roster, offense, and defense. There was very little turnover for this Bucks team during the offseason, and there's definitely some question marks around this Cowboys team. Well, I definitely think the offense 
offense is going to be a high-flying offense this year in general. We don't know what Dak is going to look like here in week one coming off of that injury, and that defense is definitely sketchy as well. Tampa should be able to throw the ball all over the field against these guys. So minus 380, heavy home favorites there, and you can see they're an over-under of 52 points. Definitely some shootout potential in this game as well. And then directly below that, listing out six showdown stats that I felt were important to cover here as well before you start to build your lineups on Thursday. So I'm going to go over these pretty quickly. Obviously, if you want to take a screenshot of these, you can certainly do that as well. But let me move my fat head out of the way there and go over these. Rule number one or stat number one, 92% of all showdown lineups rostered at least one quarterback. 96% of the top 1% lineups did as well. Basically saying, get one of the quarterbacks in your lineups. Number two there, 33% of all lineups rostered a wide receiver at captain, and that was optimal in the top 1%, 31.4% of the time. Number three there, 57% of the top percent lineups rostered a captain from the team favored to win. So the Buccaneers, for example, here. Number four there, run it back. An opposing quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end was included in 88.9% of winning lineups that rostered a quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end from the other team as a captain. Number five there, ignore defense and kickers in the captain spot. It's very rare that that's going to work out. 1.1% of the time, it finished in the top 1% of lineups. And number six, there don't play more than two kickers or defenses in the same lineup usually one is fine as well I typically don't put more than one myself so six stats from 2020 for the most optimal and top lineups when it came to NFL showdowns but all right let's dive into my favorite plays here for Thursday then what I like to do is list out a captain from both sides of this game as you can see one of the statistics there is your captain should probably be from the winning side of this game or from the favorite team, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here, obviously at minus 380, but I do like to play a little bit of devil's advocate as well and just say, hey, if you want to go the opposite route and play someone from the Cowboys, you can definitely do that as well. So that's something you'll see consistently with these showdown spreadsheets throughout the year. Now, there's actually a lot to love about both of these offenses here. Both teams have three legit wide receivers that you can roster in your lineups and a few tight ends that caught my eye as well, but let's start off here with the captains. So the first captain I like as you can see, obviously, is on the Cowboys side, and I'm going to roll with Dak Prescott. I mentioned earlier, definitely some question marks here with him coming into the season after that gruesome injury last year, but... This dude came out on fire in 2020, largely due to the amount of volume where he was throwing the ball 40, 50 plus times a game. And that's because his defense wasn't very good last year. And again, I don't foresee them getting much better here this year. Yes, Micah Parsons is there, and I think he's going to be a flat-out stud at linebacker. But is he really going to completely change this defense, especially as a rookie? Probably not. So Dak is more than likely going to be playing from behind in this game, or the Cowboys are in general, which will likely lead to him throwing the ball more than the Cowboys want him to. But just look at his numbers here when he opened up the season last year. 17.6 DraftKings points, 43.8, 33.5, 42.3. Those are absolutely astonishing numbers, especially for a quarterback. Now, not only do I expect this guy to throw the ball a lot here in week one playing from behind, he also has that rushing upside as well, which is always intriguing from a quarterback perspective. So this guy has 30, even 40, 40 plus DraftKing point upside, which is why he stuck out to me for the captain spot. You could go with CeeDee Lamb here or even Amari Cooper, 
but Dak's going to be the guy for me just based off the numbers that he had to begin last year and kind of a similar scenario here heading into week one with a bad defense and the Cowboys likely playing from behind. And then on the Buccaneers side of things there, I'm going to roll with Antonio Brown. Honestly, I'm okay with any one of those top three wide receivers for the Buccaneers in the captain spot here. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, or Antonio Brown. I legit believe that all three of these guys have 30 plus drafting point upside in any given matchup. I think you're going to see that kind of throughout the season. One of these guys is going to have a big game, but it's not going to be the same guy week in and week out. AB at $8,400 here was really hard to ignore for me. I'm hoping we can get him at lower ownership, especially in the captain spot here. I don't know if we necessarily will at that price tag, but he's technically still the wide receiver number three in this offense. So hopefully he goes a little overlooked. But this Dallas secondary, you know, I talked about it last year. They were abysmal, and I just don't think they got much better this offseason. So I'm okay, again, with any one of those top three Bucks wide receivers in the captain spot here. But give me a little A-B, especially at this price tag. All right, now diving on down here to my flex plays. First thing I want to mention, though, here is that correlation is huge in showdown lineups. It's huge in DFS in general, but especially when it comes to showdown slates. So if you're going to be rostering a wide receiver as a captain, you likely want to pair them up with their quarterback in a flex play. Vice versa, too. If you're going to be rostering someone like Dak as your captain, you likely want to put someone like Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, or even Blake Jarwin in a flex spot as well. Sure, Dak could rush for two touchdowns, but if they're going to be playing from behind, which I suspect they will be, one of these pass catchers is likely going to have a decent game as well. So the correlation is definitely big there, which is why I like Tom Brady, especially considering I'm probably going to roster one of those wide receivers for the Bucks in my captain spot. I want to put Tom Brady then in a flex spot. And this guy was great, especially towards the end of the season when he really started to figure out that Bucks offense. And I believe he's in a spot here against this bad Dallas secondary where he could throw for three plus touchdowns and 300 plus yards, getting you that three point DraftKings bonus, which is huge in showdowns. On top of that, he's got weapons galore. His top three wide receivers are elite. And he's got Gronk there as well, who's pretty damn good himself, especially in the red zone. Even though he's $11,200, I'm not afraid to go with Tom Brady here, especially if I'm going to be rolling out one of those Bucks wide receivers in the captain spot. And then we got Mike Evans there at $9,200. As I mentioned earlier, we can definitely put him in the captain spot as well, but love him as a flex play too. Just like AB a little bit more in the captain spot considering he's so cheap at $8,400, and that is his captain price tag. If you want to put AB in the flex spot, he's even cheaper there. But Evans, in my opinion, is the number one wide receiver in this offense. Some might argue Chris Godwin, but it's Evans for me. You can see here, led all Bucks wide receivers last year in targets, receptions, touchdowns and tied Gronk with 21 red zone targets as well. So I love this guy. Such a gamer. He basically battled an injury all last year as well. That does not matter. He even hyperextended his knee right as the playoffs were about to start. Like I said, this dude is a gamer and I love him in the captain spot or as a flex play. And then below Evans there, we got a couple of Cowboys wide receivers, CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. I by all means think Amari Cooper is viable as well. Honestly, flip a coin between him and CeeDee Lamb. 
I just lean towards CeeDee Lamb a little bit more because I think he's going to have a fantastic year in 2021. But the ceiling for both Amari and CeeDee is very similar. So honestly, I'm okay with either one of those guys. And look, they have a tough matchup here against a very good Bucks defense. It's not going to be easy for them on Thursday night. However, based off the game script that I'm kind of projecting here, where the Cowboys are playing from behind, throwing the ball quite a bit, especially in the second half, Amari and or CeeDee Lamb could legit see 10 plus targets, and that's really intriguing to me. So again, I lean towards CeeDee Lamb. I just think that he's going to be a little bit better than Amari this year, but him or Amari, like I said, flip a coin. Either one of those guys are certainly fine, especially if you're going to be playing Dak in the captain spot. You're probably going to want to correlate it with one of those two guys. Now, with Michael Gallup here, it's a little different story. First and foremost, he's a lot cheaper at $6,200, and he is the number three wide receiver in this offense. But that's really what sticks out to me. Considering he is the number three wide receiver in this offense, he should likely carry the least amount of ownership between him, Amari, and C.D. Lamb. And that's huge for showdowns as well, especially if you're trying to win a GPP or at least finish towards the top. If you just play all the popular plays, well, you're probably going to have a lineup that gets duplicated by your opponents. And at $6,200 here, that's very reasonable for a guy who has 20, even 30 plus draft king point upside. No, it's not going to happen all that often. In fact, more weeks than not, it's not going to happen. However, we saw it last year. He had 28 DraftKings points against Seattle and 33 DraftKings points against the Philadelphia Eagles. Two very bad secondaries, but he has that upside to say the least. So at $6,200 here, you get him at a cheap price tag and can likely get him at low ownership as well. And then we got a couple of tight ends there, Gronk and Blake Jarwin. Start with Gronk. We know what to expect from him, right? It's not the same Gronk that we used to watch years ago who'd get 10 plus targets, 100 plus yards, and multiple touchdowns week in and week out. This is red zone Gronk, and honestly, I'm okay with that because touchdowns come at a premium, especially in showdowns. We don't have 13 different games to choose from or 100 different players. We're focusing in on one individual game. And while there is some shootout potential here with an over-under 52 points, is it crazy to think that Gronko's own scores two touchdowns in week one? I don't think it is. The guy saw 21 red zone targets last year, tied Evans on this Bucks team. So again, touchdowns come at a premium, and Gronk might lead this entire slate with touchdown upside. Blake Jarwin here, a little different story. This is a guy who's coming off an ACL tear and really hasn't proven a whole lot throughout his NFL career. However, he was playing with the number ones once again during the preseason, and he had one catch that he looked pretty decent on, put the Cowboys in the red zone. Now, you could go with Dalton Schultz here. I believe that he's going to work with the ones too, but I think Blake Jarwin might go a little bit under-owned and might even get him at lower ownership than Dalton Schultz, especially considering that Blake Jarwin is more expensive. So again, you're probably looking for touchdown upside here with these tight ends, including Blake Jarwin, but a punt play that kind of stuck out to me with low ownership who might get you a touchdown 50 yards and have four catches but that would definitely meet value here at this price tag of $5,200 and then we got Ronald Jones there the first running back that I'm mentioning here on the spreadsheet and look it's because I don't love the running back situations in this game. For Zeke, he's going up against one of, if not the best rushing defense in the NFL in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
and the game script is not very good for Zeke either. I've mentioned it a couple times now. I suspect that the Cowboys are going to be playing from behind in this game, which usually doesn't lead to a lot of rushing attempts. Yes, he could get involved in the passing game, but if he's not going to be touching the ball a whole lot on the ground, I probably don't want anything to do with that. Ronald Jones, however, the game script does make sense for him, in my opinion. Yes, I understand that Leonard Fournette and Gio Bernard are still going to get involved as well, but I suspect that they'll be involved a little bit more on the passing side of things than the rushing side of things, and based off the game script here that I'm projecting, is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get out to a lead by halftime, and they run the ball a lot more frequently in the second half. That bodes well for someone like Ronald Jones. It could be Leonard Fournette. We've seen it at times where Bruce Arians just goes with the hot hand, but I'm going to go with Ronald Jones here, especially at this price tag here of $5,000. He is not expensive whatsoever, and again, I'm just kind of going off of the game script that I believe will happen, which is the Bucks get out to a lead and run the ball a lot in the second half, so give me some Ronald Jones based off of that. And then wrapping it up here with a defense and a kicker. As I mentioned earlier, I'm not going to play more than two defenses slash kickers in any given lineup. In fact, I usually go with one and I think that's more than enough. Uh, there's going to be lineups that I build where I don't put a defense or a kicker in there either. Like I said, there's shootout potential in this game, and oftentimes when there's shootout potential, playing a defense really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. However, based off the question marks that we have with Dak, this Cowboys team in general, I certainly don't mind this Buccaneers defense. They were lights out, especially towards the end of the year last year, and really helped bring this team to a Super Bowl. I know Brady was great. They have a lot of offensive weapons, but don't sleep on this Bucks defense either. So I don't mind going with them just based off of some of the question marks that we have with Dak. But outside of that, if you think this game does turn into an ultimate shootout, then I'm probably fading defenses in general. And then I went with Ryan Suckup here, the Buccaneers kicker, just based off the Bucks being heavy home favorites at minus 380. I'd be surprised if they don't score at least 28 plus points against this bad Dallas defense. And look, this is a kicker who averaged 9.4 DraftKings points per game in 2020, which is more than any skill player listed below him on this DraftKings slate except for Gio Bernard. So keep an eye out for things like that as well. Definitely caught my eye when I was looking at that. Sure, there's guys below 4K who might have the potential to have two catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. That does happen from time to time, but not all that often. So I'm going to go with suck up just because the Buccaneers are heavy home favorites and should be able to put up a lot of points against this Dallas defense. All right, everyone, that is going to wrap up the video here for today. First and foremost, thank you all for taking the time out of your day to watch these videos. I really do appreciate that. Appreciate the Mayo Media Network having me on here as well. Really excited for this football season and really excited for the NHL season as well. Don't want to dip into that quite yet, but stay tuned for some NHL content coming in 2021, 2022. Again, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button and enter into the prize picks challenge. Again, use code MMN upon sign up or just click on the link in the description below. Bet $7.11. Per week, you have a chance at winning $3,000 come the end of the season. Again, thank you all for taking the time here today. Let's have a great day. Let's have a great week. And let's win some money on Thursday as well. I'm out of here. Welcome in, my friends, to another episode of Fantasy Football Picks and Bets, presented to you by Prize 
Picks, we have an amazing show coming up today. That is going to be coming to you every single Thursday, and I'm really excited about it, y'all. We have some quick news, some injury updates that y'all should be aware of. We also have some streaming options or dumpster dives, whichever one you want to call it. I kind of call it both. And uh, we also have some Q&As, some questions from the people, from you, that I am going to answer. But before we get into any of that, remember, go to prizepicks.com, use the promo code MMN to get your deposit of up to $100 matched. That's right, that's like free money. Make sure you use the promo code MMN. There's also a link to that, prizepicks.com, in the description of this video. And also don't forget, we have our 7-Eleven challenge. That's right, we have that going on season long. It's very easy. If you have not signed up already, what are you waiting for? Use the promo code MMN, but you don't have to use that just to get into the 7-Eleven challenge, but you do want to use that when you want to get your deposit doubled up to that $100. But it's very easy. It's five over under picks. That equals $7.11. That's how they're going to be tracking it each and every week. You select the contest excluding Monday nights because that's when I read off the leaderboard is on Monday nights. Five over unders that equals $7.11. Make sure you go ahead, head over to prizepicks.com, use the promo code MMN if you have not signed up yet. If you have, totally fine. Go ahead and get those picks in so you guys can be eligible for those season-long prizes, of which there is a description of those in the description of this video. And you can also follow us at Mayo Media Net because we do tweet out the contest prizes, which are like $1,000, $1,500. It's crazy, including prizes for who's in the middle, and prizes for who is dead last. So it's a it's a pretty fun challenge. I really like it. I'm also obsessed with prize picks. Go over there, sign up, and let's get right down to it on today's show. So first and foremost, let's go over a few injuries, a few news, notes, things you should be aware of. Okay, Patriots running back, Ramondre Stevenson. He is the one that everyone is kind of going gaga over behind Damian Harris. Unfortunately, he dislocated his thumb in practice. No bueno, but there is some optimism that he should be ready to go for week one. So that is just something I would keep an eye on. He's a stash for me anyway, so it's not like you're going to be you know, playing him unless you're in a super deep league. But keep your eye on him. If he is unable to go, the backup then will become probably J.J. Taylor. So just keep an eye on that moving forward. And then sticking with the Patriots, tight end Hunter Henry is actually expected to be a full go in week one. He is going to be playing opposite Jonu Smith at the tight end position for the Patriots with rookie Mac Jones. Another piece of good news, which we always like to hear, Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin was uh, limited in practice earlier this week, but he was not listed on the final injury report heading into Thursday's matchup, which is very exciting. I love Chris Godwin. In fact, I love all of the wide receivers from the Buccaneers. Come on, it's Tom Brady. This is great news. So if you have Chris Godwin, feel free to Feel confident about starting him because I think uh, he's going to do really good because he's really good at football. Uh, Not so great news. DeAndre Swift, yes, he is expected to start week one, but again, he's still kind of dealing with that nagging like core muscle groin injury that he's been dealing with so far this 
preseason, I guess we should say. I still think he's going to be on a limited snap count. This means to me that this could be more of an opportunity for Jamal Williams. So if you do have DeAndre Swift in your lineup, temper your expectations, make some plans to have someone in your flex that could be that home run hitter. Or if you have another running back that is going to give you a safer floor, you might want to plug him in for DeAndre Swift just in case. And some more sad news too out of Washington football team. Wide receiver Curtis Samuel has re-aggravated that groin injury that he's been dealing with. So his likelihood to start week one is not great. And according to Ron Rivera, and I don't quote me here, but it sounded something like this. If he plays great, if he doesn't play great. So there's that. Wide receiver Curtis Samuel re-aggravated his groin. That kind of stinks. And in some news aside from injuries, I've been getting a lot of questions about this. So the Ravens have signed Le'Veon Bell to their practice squad, okay? Make sure you understand that he is on the practice squad right now. They want to see what he has left in the tank. They want to see what his conditioning looks like. And in the meantime, they signed Trenton Cannon to their 53-man roster to give them a little bit more depth at running back. Let me just make sure I got that name right. Yes, Trenton Cannon, C-A-N-N-O-N. He's on the 53-man roster. Le'Veon Bell is still on the practice squad, so keep that in mind when I get a lot of starts and sits or stash questions about Le'Veon Bell. I'm not sold on it yet, so I'm going to I'm going to stay away from Le'Veon Bell for the foreseeable future. Also, the Saints did release their backup running back, Latavius Murray, which is kind of sad because he's a he's a pretty cool dude, and he refused to take a pay cut. So they were like, out of here, see you later, bye-bye. So that's a little strange to me, but it happens. It's business. You know, these things are, you know, it's the NFL, not for long. That's kind of what happens. So hopefully Latavius Murray gets picked up somewhere else. Keep your eyeballs out for any news on that front. But behind Alvin Kamara, the starting running back for the Saints, we have Tony Jones Jr. or Dwayne Washington. No, I am not in any hurry to run to the waiver wire and pick up and stash either of those two running backs. Jacksonville also signed running back Duke Johnson. Again, I think this is kind of like that Le'Veon Bell issue where they are kind of wanting some depth. At the running back position after Travis Etienne has, uh, you know, gone. He, he's gone for the season. I'm sorry for everyone who was really excited about him, myself included. I'm not too worried about this for a James Robinson whatsoever, but if he does get signed to the 53-man roster, then I am slightly worried about that simply for Carlos Hyde. So we'll see what happens if Duke Johnson makes that 53-man starting roster, but... Until then, I'm sticking with Carlos Hyde, and I'm obviously 100% good with James Robinson. So that is the latest information that I have up to date today coming to you. But make sure you check out the Friday show with Pat Mayo of Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. He is going to give you the latest injury updates and news so that you are 100% prepared for your weekend starting week one. I cannot believe it. It is real football. It is here. I am so excited. I cannot wait. I feel like it's been forever and I sort of feel like it's my birthday. It's not though. It's not till November. I'll remind everybody when it is so I can get a ton of birthday wishes. Yes, I'm selfish like that. Don't judge me. But next, we have our streaming options for week one. I'm also kind of calling this a streamers dumpster dive type of situation because there are a few of them that it could be considered slightly stinky, but if you need a player to plug in desperate times, call for desperate dumpster dives. So that is okay. I have a few here for you in case you are in that conundrum. But first and foremost, I do want to let everybody know that fantasy football is educated 
guessing. Yes, we have a lot of information that helps us make the best decision possible, but at the end of the day, it's still just a guess. And when it comes to evaluating defenses before the start of week one, it's even more of a guessing game. So what I'm going to do is I'm looking at the end of 2020 stats for defense special teams, and I'm going to go ahead and compare that to some rankings that we have in order to show you and explain to you why I am picking these particular players as streaming options or someone that you can pick up that is not heavily rostered and who might have some opportunities. So just keep that in mind as we go through these. Okay, so for our streaming options, let's start with the quarterback. Now, I did mention this on a previous show, but I really feel so strongly about this that I'm bringing it up again. I love quarterback Sam Darnold on his new team for the Carolina Panthers, and he is playing against the Jets. I understand that Adam Gase is no longer there. He is the bane of everyone's existence, every player's existence, I should say, especially with those buggy eyes. That was the bane of my existence because that was really creepy looking, but that is neither here nor there. But Sam Darnold is going up against his former team with the Jets. So this is a huge revenge game that I absolutely love. Now, last year, the Jets' defense allowed 33 touchdowns. That tied for third worst with the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, Come on, there's opportunity here for the Panthers, especially Sam Darnold throwing to his boo, Robbie Anderson, who is on the Panthers with him this year, as well as DJ Moore. We have we have lots of opportunities there for Christian McCaffrey as well, including dump-offs from Sam Darnold in case he starts getting into trouble. And like I mentioned, they have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. There is an improved wide receiving core around Sam Darnold. And he's about 14, 15% rostered. So if you need to plug somebody in at your quarterback position, if you have decided to stream the quarterback position, I am all on board with Sam Darnold at the QB streaming option for week one. Now let's move on to tight end. Now I have a couple options here for you. The first one is Chris Herndon. He is the newly signed tight end for the Minnesota Vikings, and they are going up against the Bengals. So Chris Herndon is roughly around like 1% to 2% owned, so he should be available in your leagues. It is a touch risky simply because he hasn't had a lot of time on the Vikings. However, there is a big hole that needs to be filled because tight end Irv Smith is out for the season because of his knee surgery, which also is very sad. But Chris Herndon had a breakout 2018 year. It was his rookie year. He crushed it with Sam Darnold and Adam Gase, which is really sad. But they're no longer with Adam Gase. That's gone. So he's in a new home with Minnesota. Adam Thielen is still a little bit banged up. You know, they're probably limit him. I don't have any facts to substantiate that other than just kind of a gut check. It probably will be a Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook show. That is perfectly fine because I think Chris Herndon could be a tight end red zone threat. Understand when you're streaming the tight end position, it is very difficult. It's hard, but not impossible. So to tight end Chris Herndon, excuse me, easy for you to say, my bad. Chris Herndon is going to be an option there for you. Again, not very heavily um, rostered. A, an, another player not really very heavily rostered and also slightly risky, but I kind of like this, and I also like this for DFS plays as well. Pat Fryermuth, tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I know they have a tough matchup going against the Buffalo Bills, uh, but Pat Fryermuth made quite a splash in preseason with two gigantic touchdowns from Ben Roethlisberger, so they've already kind of started to create that trust. Eric Ebron in his very Crisco hands. He has, you know, I think he caught one, he dropped one in that same game. I don't know. We'll see. But the Bills have allowed eight touchdowns to the tight end position. And at, let's see, 84 receptions, and they were 26th worst 
against tight ends from 2020. That is also something to keep in mind. And this is going to go kind of against what I like to do when I evaluate defenses, but at the same time, I do like this next tight end as a streaming option as well. Anthony Ferkser, tight end for the Tennessee Titans. Now, Johnny Smith is now with the Patriots. So this is Anthony Ferkser's kind of field, if you will, for the tight end position. He is roughly 14% rostered. And defenses here, I think, are going to be focusing a lot on Julio Jones. They're going to be focusing on A.J. Brown. And they're especially going to be focusing on Derrick Henry. Those are those three mega threats. And for me, that kind of leaves Anthony Ferkser open for the red zone, for some touches. I really like his opportunity if you guys do need to plug someone in for your tight end position or you're streaming or you need a value DFS play. I like that a lot. So moving on to our next streaming option here on your positional rosters are going to be your defense special teams. Now one that I really do like here is going to be Miami against the Patriots. This is going to be a theme for me moving forward because honestly I'm kind of picking on the the rookie quarterback. Cordy? The rookie quarterback. See first it's Wookie ride receivers. Now it's quarterbacks. I don't know. We'll make something out of this. I should like make a t-shirt or something. Who cares? But Mac Jones is still a rookie quarterback. See, nailed it. So I think Miami has an op- opportunity here for sacks, for turnovers. As much as I really like Mac Jones, this is his very first NFL regular season start and game. So I do like Miami. They're about 30% rostered. So it. You know, they could be available. I really like that under 50% mark. So check out Miami versus the New England Patriots. The second one I like as well, speaking of Minnesota, when we were talking Chris Herndon, I like the Minnesota Vikings against the Bengals. They're about 25% rostered. Again, this is going back to a quarterback issue. I understand that Joe Burrow is not a rookie, but he was hurt very badly last year. And as far as I'm concerned, their offensive line is still trash until they prove me otherwise. Again, there are some opportunities here for the Minnesota Vikings defense to capitalize on sacks and turnovers. Same kind of principle we have with the Panthers going up against the Jets with Zach Wilson starting his very first NFL regular season game with the Jets. So I think um, 37% rostered, by the way, on the Panthers before I move on and forget. So literally I'm, I'm picking on the, the youth here, but I'm, I'm older, so I'm allowed. And plus this is my show, so I can, I can do what I want. Hopefully I don't get in trouble over this. But there we go. Out of all three of those, which one I would like the best? I'm probably leaning Minnesota Vikings and then Miami and then Panthers if you guys wanted to rank in case all three of them are available. So now I'm going to go ahead and do a little deviation on the streamer segment and I'm going to call this dumpster dive because I'm going to look at the running back and the wide receiver position on places where you guys can find maybe a dude you need to fill in for a spot because of injuries or something but Here are some options that you can look at. No, I don't think these are awesome season long, but you never know. These are guys you can take a shot on. And for the running back position, I'm going to go with Kenneth Gainwell from the Philadelphia Eagles. They are playing against Atlanta. And uh, Kenny Gainwell is 9%-ish rostered. Now, Nick Sirianni has referred to his running back core in a very interesting way. He starts it off with Miles Sanders. Then he says Kenny Gainwell. And then he stumbles over the name Boston Scott. So to me, that kind of says that Kenny is his RB2, and he is going to maybe, likely, get a little bit more volume than Boston Scott. So if you really need a running back that you can plug in, I kind of like Kenny Gainwell. Again, less than 10% rostered in the Falcons. Uh, They gave up 89 receptions to running backs in 2020 and four touchdowns. So it's not amazing, but... 
something, a warm body, hopefully that can get you some points at the running back position. Again, guys, remember this is dumpster diving. And my second one here is Carlos Hyde with the Jacksonville Jaguars against Houston. Now, Carlos Hyde is around 17% rostered, but again, I like that it's under 20%. James Robinson is obviously the RB1, that is not in question, and Carlos Hyde is really firmly in that RB2 conversation with the Jaguars until we really know more about what's going on with Duke Johnson. But they're playing against Houston, as I said, who were ranked 31st, that's bad, 31st worst, second worst, whatever you want to call it, 31st, they were bad, in 2020 against the run. They allowed over 2,300 yards on 419 attempts and uh, 21 touchdowns to the running back position. So James Robinson should be an auto start for you. And again, if you need a warm body, in your running back position because of injury or whatever happens, Carlos Hyde is an option here against the Texans. So let's move on to our last position group here with the wide receivers. All right, I know that Michael Pittman is the hot name and he's the cool kid in town and everybody's talking about him, but there are other wide receivers on this team besides just Michael Pittman. That's right, you have, uh, let's take Paris Campbell, for example. They are playing against the Seahawks and the Seahawks are, well, were, I guess we should say, really bad against wide receivers. In fact, they were third worst to finish 2020, they allowed the most targets and receptions to wide receivers, and they were the third worst in yards. So I understand that Michael Pittman will likely be getting, uh, you know, likely, likely, likely be getting a lot of looks, a lot of targets, but that doesn't mean he's the only wide receiver on this team. Again, if you need somebody to plug into that wide receiver position, look no further. Try Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal. Keep an eye on their injury status and make sure they're good to go. But those are options for you. I believe they're under 7% rostered. And my next one is Rondale Moore, rookie wide receiver. I totally got that right. For the Arizona Cardinals, instead of calling him a Wookiee wide receiver, which I should have just done anyway. And they are playing against the Tennessee Titans. He's about 25% rostered. Now, surprisingly, the Tennessee Titans are not very good against wide receivers. At least they weren't at the end of 2020. They ranked 31st against that particular position. And, you know, okay, so they were kind of mediocre defending, you know, like yards and touchdowns, but they allowed the fourth most targets and receptions to wide receivers. So what does this mean for us? What can we take away from this? So we have DeAndre Hopkins. Obvi, he's going to be getting the lion's share of pretty much everything. And then you have Kyler Murray himself, who is likely going to be running it in the end zone. And then you have James Conner. You also have Chase Edmonds. These are going to be your red zone threats. I promise I will get this right at one point in my life. Until then, you'll have to deal with me stumbling over some words here and there. Sue me. I don't really care. But in between the 20s, Rondale Moore has the opportunity to be a PPR monster. So I really like his opportunity. Again, 25% rostered. He's still under like that 30% mark here, which I do like. And he is one of these guys that I wouldn't mind hanging on to and stashing and seeing what he does rest of the season. And I believe he can be a viable option to start for you in week one. Okay, so we have our dumpster dive. We have our streamers now to the meat and potatoes, which I am so just flabbergasted with the amount of questions that I received, that Pat Mayo received for this particular show. This is the Q&A section of this show, and I am super duper excited about this. Now remember everybody, if I do not get to your question, that is okay. I am also going to be live on Sunday, this coming Sunday, at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come prepared with some questions, and I will help you answer those 
just very important start sit questions so if I don't get to them today come back and ask me on Sunday but for our very first question here from Dustin on Twitter full PPR pick two Mike Davis Cortland Sutton or Jarvis Landry I've got to tell you Dustin I almost called you Justin Dustin this is a really good question because I could literally make an argument for any two of these. I'm not sure that there really is a right or wrong answer. So you will hear me say this a lot. I'm going to tell you to go with your gut. Now, one thing I will say is that I would make sure that Mike Davis is going to be at least one of them because he is going to provide you a very safe floor, which is what we want. Now that you have your safe floor between the three of them, we want to go ahead and see maybe you need a home run. If you want a little bit more safety, perhaps it's Jarvis Landry. But for me, my answer here is going to be running back Mike Davis and wide receiver Cortland Sutton for you. I don't exactly know what the Browns offense is going to look like with OBJ. And don't forget, the Browns offense is run first and run heavy. So I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like with the wide receivers. So I'm going to wait on Jarvis Landry, and I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton, and I'm going to go with Mike Davis. Joseph Wen from YouTube, Javante Williams or Jamal Williams for a flex? Joseph, this is Jamal Williams all day long for me. Not even a question. I would start Jamal Williams. Uh, This may be a way tougher question several weeks down into the season, but for week one, go Jamal Williams, especially with DeAndre Swift banged up and likely on a snap count. And then Milk is Spicy, a great name, also from YouTube. Start Daryl Henderson or DeAndre Swift in PPR. This is, again, a running theme here when I have a lot of questions about DeAndre Swift. Go Daryl Henderson. I think he is going to provide you a very safe floor. I am worried about DeAndre Swift, how long he'll be in the game, and how many snaps he is going to take. So go Daryl Henderson there, Milk is Spicy. And then TK from YouTube. Hello, my friend. Would I rather have on my bench rest of season the following? Michael Carter, Le'Veon Bell, or Wayne Gallman? Okay, I'm taking Le'Veon Bell out of this. He's still on the practice squad. He's probably going to fulfill the Mark Ingram role, even if he makes the 53-man roster. So I want nothing to do with that. So the question here is going to be between Michael Carter and Wayne Gallman. Now, for me, I understand that it's a timeshare, and Michael Carter is part of a running back by committee, which mm, we never really love, but at least I know that he has some opportunity to see touches, and he has the opportunity to get involved in the offense without much in the way of him doing so. Wayne Gallman likely has a big roadblock in the name of Mike Davis, and in order for him to see really, I think, an exorbitant amount of time on the field, Mike Davis is going to have to get hurt, which, of course, we never want on anybody. Now, if you have the room to stash Wayne Gallman, sure, why not? If you really believe in him, go ahead. But for me, I'm sticking with Michael Carter here, who has the opportunity to take a little bit more of a chunk if he can prove himself, but at least I know he's going to be on the field instead of wasting one of my bench spots simply as an insurance policy. All right, Dan MC and QE2Sports from Twitter both had the same conundrum here, which is a very good conundrum to have. They have Allen Robinson, who is going up against the Rams, also known as just Jalen Ramsey. Or should they start Debo Samuel, Chase Claypool, or Mike Williams instead? Okay, I like this. It's a problem, but I like it. And I know this is going to be very stinky. 
but the matchup is terrible for Allen Robinson, but start him anyway. He is your go-to. I wouldn't get cute with it. No matter who is a quarterback, Allen Robinson is going to get it done. Mike Williams and Chase Claypool are the home run hitters, but they are also very boom or bust. You have a lot more stability and a lot more consistency if you start Allen Robinson, and you also have a high ceiling with him as well, especially with Andy Dalton at the helm. Hopefully, if he can stay upright. That'll be a question. But yeah, I know it, I know it's stinky. The matchup sucks. Go ahead and go with uh, Alan Robinson. I know even as I say that, I sigh. And Debo, I know, was one of your options as well. I'm actually more looking at Brandon Ayuk between those two wide receivers. So again, I'm, I'm sticking with Alan Robinson here. Don't worry about that matchup, though. He's kind of one of those matchup-proof wide receivers. And Mr. Digglesworth is our final question, which this name is just fantastic. Mr. Digglesworth from Twitter one wide receiver, full PPR. Why is this even a question? But I'm going to answer it anyway. Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, or Deontay Johnson. First of all, why do you have all three of those wide receivers? This is beyond me. No. Second of all, start Deontay Johnson. And then when either Juju Smith-Schuster or Chase Claypool just blow up, trade them away, get the highest value that you can for one of those guys and find either a wide receiver or a tight end or a running back that's on a different team and diversify your roster a little bit, unless you're talking DFS, in which case I would still go with Deontay Johnson there. But if you're looking for the home run hit, maybe Chase Claypool. But in regular redraft fantasy, especially in PPR, Deontay Johnson with no doubt diversify those wide receivers just a little bit for me, my friend. And that's all we have for our Q&A, everybody. Again, if I missed your question, fear not. You still have the opportunity to ask me on Sunday, this coming Sunday. That's right, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And go ahead and follow us at Mayo Media Network. And also don't forget, follow PrizePicks, prizepicks.com, promo code MMN. And don't forget about our 7-Eleven challenge. That's right, five over-unders that equal $7.11 is how they track it. More deets on that are in the description, or you can follow us at Mayo Media Net. And a hint, hint, spoiler alert, we may have something coming from PrizePicks in the next few days, so keep your ears and eyes peeled for this news. It has something to do with Patrick Mahomes and only a half a yard. So I'll just leave it at that. Make sure you tune in to our other shows here on Mayo Media Net for more information on that. I know I'm very sneaky. If you haven't done so already, please like this video and please subscribe if you have already. Thank you very much. And also thank you for tuning in to this episode. Good luck this weekend. Football is here, my friends, and we are ready to go for week one. Good luck.